1: Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the technology behind improving your media buying efficiency. Joining us is Lauren Hutton, who is the VP of Technology at Audience X, which is an integrated advertising and marketing agency driven to empower marketers, engage audience, and elevate advertising by empowering their customers with strategic support, innovative MarTech solutions, and it gives them the ability to connect with even the most elusive audiences. Yesterday, Laura and I talked about what a trade desk is, who it's for, and how it works. And today we're going to go through the build versus buy consideration as it relates to programmatic advertising and building at a trade desk. Okay, here is the second part of my interview with VP of Technology at Audience X, Lauren Hutton. Lauren, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me back.
1: Good to have you here. I want to start off by asking you to quickly spit out as many three-letter acronyms related to programmatic advertising as you can. Ready, go.
2: DMP, DSP, RTB, CTV, OTT, ATV. I could keep going.
1: ROI, WTF, OMG,
2: ROI, CPM, CPA, CPL. Oh, Oh my God,
1: my head is going to explode. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, I was thinking of some four ones like ROAS. And I was like, no, it's not three.
1: Too complicated. Can't take it. (laughs) I said it's a complicated topic. And we started talking about it yesterday. And a lot of the reasons why I get confused about what a trading desk is, is because some of the nomenclature has changed, right? I think of a media buying agency as what you're calling a trading desk. And I think of an ad network as what you're calling a point solution or a DSP, demand side platform. At the end of the day, programmatic advertising and using a trading desk is about taking in data and making real-time decisions to evaluate what you want to bid on a piece of media. So I'm curious to know, yesterday we talked about the big guys right? The companies with millions of dollars of advertising, it makes sense for them to use a trading desk, which is like a media buying agency, but a little bit more sophisticated to go optimize their campaigns and use all of these rich technologies. And then there's companies like Audience X who are a little bit down market and they help make the technology more accessible. But I know a lot of companies, a lot of B2B SaaS companies, they're building their own trading desks. So A, what does it mean to build your own trading desk? And if I'm going to be a media buyer and I have a smaller budget than millions of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars that I'm spending a year, but not hundreds and not millions, should I be building a trading desk? Should I be thinking about buying one? Should I work with audience X? Help me think about what my options are to be more sophisticated in my media buying.
2: So that's, I think, a great way to think about The very high level nature of placing marketing campaigns in general. There's overhead associated with someone running campaigns for you in-house. Just like there is overhead for having a very large marketing team. If you have a VP of marketing and then a director of marketing and then a director of programmatic marketing and then all the media buyers underneath that individual, there's overhead cost associated with building out that service team internally in your company. So the large companies are starting to think about it that way. When you're working with Havas or IPG or WPP, these major hold co-agencies, and you're paying them millions and millions of dollars a year to place all of your media buys, do all of your marketing strategy. In some instances, build all of your creative as well. The cost and overhead of that entire management can sometimes seem much larger than it would be for you to bring it in-house. So there are a lot of large companies doing that. They're saying, we're paying more for these other individuals to do what we could do if we just stopped for a second and hired all these people and brought them in our house. Because when you're paying hourly agency rates, they're incredibly marked up and you don't always get to see where all the money's going. What hidden fees are there in management?
1: So let's break that down. Right to run an effective programmatic advertising, you need some sort of marketing leadership. That person hopefully already exists in the company. So we're gonna say that this is gonna take a quarter of their time. they are two hundred thousand dollar headcount. You're looking at fifty grand for leadership. Right? You need a marketing operator who's gonna be the point person and responsible for your programmatic team. Let's say that's a director-ish level. You're looking at another hundred grand. So now you're at one hundred and fifty. You need creative, say that's another 100000 it's going to take 50% of their time, so it's 50. So we're in the scenario here where I'm going to spend $200,000 for strategy, for operations, and for creative. And I'm assuming that my operations covers technology and analytics. How do I evaluate what that cost is versus working with a trading desk or something like a trading desk?
2: I would say already there's so many fees or so many responsibilities that aren't involved in the roles that you mentioned. And these are being taken on by your trading desk or your agency that's helping you manage them. I always think of the components of building versus buying as three main buckets. You have your centralization, your management, and your reporting.
1: Okay. So tell me what you mean by centralization.
2: So centralization... You have now brought things in-house or you are working with an agency trading desk that's doing this for you. When you're working across 12 disparate platforms, how are you going to centralize all of that data and make sense of all that data when each platform has its own custom hierarchical setup?
1: So by working with the trading desk, they have built out a platform where they're evaluating, is this dollar better spent on Facebook, Google, DSPs, native advertising? They're evaluating your data against all of the platforms as opposed to having the five to 10 disparate platforms.
2: Right. So that centralization of understanding, of hierarchy, of reporting, of analysis That is this huge data architecture and data mapping problem that people don't realize is going to occur when they bring things in-house because historically they've gotten this one report and they've said, oh, okay, well, all together on one sheet, this is how social helped me do for marketing for the year. This is how search helped me do. But they need to be correlated to one another, right? So I need to know what effect search had on social, what effect programmatic display had on native, how they looked and did in each instance in which I was running a campaign with all of those disparate channels across those disparate platforms. And that relationalism between each of those channels and each of those platforms is something you have to conceptualize before you can even take that next step. And that next step then becomes the execution of all of those campaigns across all of those channels and platforms.
1: So to drive efficiency, you're looking at your data in a consolidated view to understand which of the multiple channels are performing. You're not looking at each one in a vacuum. You're throwing them all in the same pot, mixing them up and saying, where's my dollar best spent?
2: Exactly. And that's not a simple undertaking. There is a reason that we are seeing a lot of consolidation of data visualization tools and data mapping and ETL solutions in market. It's because that is the next wave. We seemingly have very, very strong media buying technologies and market. And the next thing that we're noticing now is we try to centralize and understand that data across all the platforms is we're not there yet on that side. You have some key players. You have, for instance, Google acquiring Looker, even though they had just built out Google Data Studio because Looker is a data visualization tool that can also help you map disparate data sources together. You have ETL solutions coming up like Domo and DataRama and Funnel. And you're going to see that that is now the next wave of ad tech companies because as people wanna bring this in-house, you're going to notice that there is this main problem. And before you can even go into that build mode, you have to solve for that problem internally. And the problem's specific to you.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know, Centralization is a core problem. That's one of the reasons why you should buy, not build. So it's not as simple as, hey, $200,000 is the headcount. Now you have the people. You also have to have the understanding of architecture. And so really you need an architecture engineer or somebody that's going to put a database together and make sure that it's clean, which let's say that's another $100,000 of budget. So now I'm looking at $300,000 of total cost instead of two.
2: Will you also have to think about the hosting and querying fees against that database, and then likely ETL solutions.
1: What does ETL stand for?
2: ETL is Extract, Transformation, and Loading of Data. So it is a solution that can do those for you. It's generally a connection to different platforms via API or scheduled reporting that ingests that data, makes sense of them together, which is that transformation phase, and then loads them into that database that you mentioned.
1: Okay, so it's essentially your data plumbing to feed the information that's in your database to whatever system you're using for your analysis and then media buying.
2: So we hadn't even gotten to analysis yet. Now we have this ETL solution that's extracting, transforming, and loading the data into our data warehouse. Now we need a visualization tool like a Tableau or a Looker or Data Studio or any of the others in market to sit atop of our database, query from it, and visualize the data in a meaningful manner.
1: Okay. So you need some sort of business intelligence solutions or some sort of visualization solution as well. This is starting to sound like it's getting more pricey. It's not as simple as I got $200,000. Let's do this. We're up into the four five or $500,000 range to be able to create this technology.
2: Easily. And that's the baseline because as you want to get more sophisticated, what happens is, is people maybe want to work with an ETLV solution. ETLV solutions offer the ETL and the visualization. So now you're like, okay, well, I'll go with one solution going to offer me the whole back end. I have my database in place. I have my database architect in place. I'm ready to go. But the only thing you're going to discover the moment you think you're ready to go is as you start to visualize this data, you want to start to analyze it more and you want more powerful tools to analyze it because you're learning so much because you finally got your hands on it. And you're seeing trends and you're seeing variables that you hadn't seen before because you weren't being provided them potentially by the teams that you were working with. So it just continues to grow this need for more individuals, for more powerful tools, for more software. And the more that it grows, the greater the cost. And the greater the cost, the more you have to realize, does this even make sense? Or should I just find the right partner that can take on the overhead, has all of these softwares integrated, or has the tools that they built out proprietary, who can do it for me? Because we haven't even gotten into the actual campaign strategy build out setup and optimization and management and platform. And there are sort of reporting analysis that takes place separate of the visualization for a marketing team or end client. So there's a lot to be said about these smaller components that aren't always thought of. And so when we talk about build versus buy, it's not always monetary, but I will say that I do start with how much budget do you have? How much of that budget right now is going to your agency trading desk who's handling all of the media buying for you? If it's 20% of $2 million or 20% of 200000 based off of the conversation we just had, start to break down what potential overhead you would need in-house and where it becomes effective versus where you're overpaying by bringing it in-house. And that's the line.
1: What I'm hearing is where I said, hey, we're looking at $200,000 of investment to build a trading desk. It's probably closer to a million bucks. And you would need to be spending multiple tens of millions of dollars to get to the point where you are rationalizing a million dollar investment in technology at a 20% take rate.
2: There's this other thing
1: too. Oh, there's more.
2: Sort of like this hidden trick, which is basically, you know, when you work with these platforms directly, you set up these contracts with the trade desk, media math, display video 360, just Google's DSP. The more you spend, the cheaper your licensing rate or cost for their technology is. Well, when you're working with an agency trade desk that has hundreds of clients, not as much of your media dollars is going towards that fee. But when you bring it in-house and it's only your budget now, not your budget plus all these hundreds of others that are working with you in this agency trading desk, now your tech fee is going up. So your overheads going up, your tech fee is going up. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, With this million-dollar investment we just made and the increase in the tech fees, because my scale of total revenue is not as great as the agency trading desk was, am I even as sophisticated as they were after all of this?
1: It makes sense that when you are building out your own technology, the ongoing upkeep and management of it is going to be more expensive than someone who's using a shared piece of technology I think the question for me as I'm thinking about the build versus buy decision, if I'm going to spend a hundred grand in advertising this year, there's zero likelihood that I'm going to build a trade desk. It's just not feasible. But for companies that are significantly larger and are spending tens of millions of dollars, I could see how it makes sense to build out all of this technology for the Amazons, eBay, Googles, people that are doing millions of dollars of media buying. Sure, I get it. For the SMBs of the world, where we're between a rock and a hard place, hundreds of thousands to low millions of dollars of spend, where it doesn't make sense to pay a 20% agency fee because we're not spending that much, but we still want to be able to access this technology. seems like that's where audience X comes in. So how does that relationship work? And are there solutions for people that are spending hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars in advertising, not tens of millions, to be able to use programmatic advertising?
2: Absolutely. I think everyone in the industry no matter what your spend level is should have access to programmatic technology. And there are some that allow you to just get access right away. You know, you can go on Adroll any day, which is a retargeting point solution, and give them your credit card information and set up your campaign right away. You can do the same with Google. You don't have to be a media buyer to create a Google account and go in and run some search ads or run display ads. Facebook as well. You can be any Instagram influencer and go on and start Running promoted ads. So, everyone should have access to the same technology. I genuinely believe that at the same cost, probably not, because that's just the idea of capitalism. The more scale you give me, the more discount I can give you because I'm still making a greater revenue amount off of you. If you're going to buy only 10 units versus a million units, you're going to pay more for those units because the fulfillment of that is a higher overhead on my end. So, I think that's sort of the main concept of of companies like like audience sets and, and these independent trading desks that keep popping up outside of the large co agencies, outside of these Fortune 500 trading desks that they're building in-house. It's the democratization of this technology and the full breadth of marketing strategy end-to-end capabilities that we're offering these players to give them some skin in the game to get in there. And again, I always like to go back to the other technologies that spearheaded this way of programmatic thinking and I would say it's very similar to people being able to now go in and place their own purchase for stock orders in Fidelity and stock trade. Everyone can do it. Everyone should be able to do it. Is it going to be as great as having your own stockbroker on Wall Street out of Goldman Sachs? That's for you to say as an agency. Is it going to be cheaper for you to quit your day job and learn it yourself and become an expert? Maybe. But I would say I think marketers need to come to grips to a certain extent with the fact that they are not as knowledgeable as everyone that they work with, that they need to allow themselves to be educated a bit on this because we're all being educated every day. That's our jobs. And they need to be able to let go and ask for help outside of their company. And that's the hardest part for that SMB is it's such a confusing concept to them. And they get so overwhelmed by the nuances of attribution windows against conversions that we're recording, or the concept of look back windows, that they immediately start to distrust technology and the companies that work with technology. And they try to go back to an easier, simpler way of buying and placing media, which is not good for bottom line revenue at the end of the day.
1: I think my biggest takeaway here is that now that I have a better understanding of what a trade desk is, thank you for that. That there are solutions that are hybrid solutions, right? If you're not going to be spending millions of dollars, you could still leverage programmatic advertising. You're not necessarily centralizing it. You can go place your ads on Facebook and on Google and through these ad networks. And the biggest difference between the programmatic advertising space as the enterprises think about it, and then doing real-time bidding is you basically don't have the level of sophistication through centralization. You're managing these advertising channels on a one-off
2: basis. Exactly. It's like placing TV ads in one market and placing a newspaper ad in another market. And at the end of the day, giving both of them together to your CMO and saying, these are the results that we had this year. And he would be like, how did that correlate to this? Why were the buys placed in these disparate markets? What was the rationale? What was the movement because of them? How did they correlate to one another? And it's that level of sophistication, not just in strategic thinking, in why would we ever place the buys that way to begin with? This is how we should have placed the buys and used the money. But also on the flip side, it's the analytics and insights that come from having placed them that way. So I think if people want to get a hold of the technology, try it themselves, genuinely believe that they have the capability and breadth. We offer self-service solutions to a lot of the technologies that we offer. If you want to get access to the trade desk, we're offering access to the trade desk, self-service model, go for it. And we'll be there on a service level as requested that's in support of what you're doing. But we're not centralizing your data now. We're not creating strategy for you. We're not helping you truly figure out an end-to-end marketing communication strategy. And that's, I think, the part that SMB struggles with. It's almost the control that they have to give up because of a lack of trust or the just general weight that they're putting on these investments against you know the company's bottom line. And they're worried that it's not going to actualize the way they're being sold at will.
1: I think at the end of the day, getting access to powerful tools like trading desks is risky on some level. It's a powerful tool and the idea of consolidating your data makes a ton of sense. On the flip side, you also have to have some trust in the service providers that they have your best interest at hearts, And so the relationship really matters here. You can always test these tools out yourself and there's going to be some growing pains or you could pay the extra dollars and have somebody who's a sophisticated marketer in this field learn how to do it for you. At the end of the day, it's a high capital investment place. As we think about the build versus buy discussion, you really need to be buying a lot of ads to rationalize building your own trading desk.
2: I think that's the best way to summarize one of the most complex and confusing concepts in advertising right now.
1: If you think it's complex and confusing, you can imagine how the rest of us feel. Okay. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Lauren Hutton, the VP of Technology at Audience X, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lauren, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at lorehutt L-A-U-R-H-U-T-T, or you can visit her company's website, which is audiencex.com, A-U-D-I-E-N-C-E-X.com a couple of links in our show notes that i'd like to tell you about if you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast don't worry about it we've got you covered head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of our episodes contact information for our guests you can subscribe to our newsletter we send it out once a week with all of the recaps for all of our episodes and you can send us a marketing question by going to benjshapcom slash question and we answer those questions live on our show If you'd rather reach out on social media, my handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.